Hello everyone and welcome once again to Wednesday Night Live. My name is Ron Crawford and I'm coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And it is a blessing to be walking together with the saints as uh, God is doing so many glorious things. And it's a privilege to be a part of that, isn't it? Special greeting to my congregation here in Dallas and I want to reiterate something just some in-house business that uh, was communicated on Facebook and uh, through an email today Uh, throughout the month of July we were doing a number of different things to honor what God put on our hearts to do in conjunction with the seventh month of fast of feasting During that time, on every Wednesday, we were just coming for prayer at 6 o'clock every night, every Wednesday night. Well, we're now in August. There are some other things that we're going to be doing as the month progresses, but God is kind of leading us week by week on that. And so the the seventh month prayer times, Wednesday at 6, which were a blessing to everybody, uh, has, uh, has fulfilled its mission. So there is no organized congregational prayer tonight, August 4th. So I don't want anybody to be in confusion. But one thing I've learned about, you know, with this, um, we, have to, we have to listen to what God's saying and then do that. And if you fall into a routine as a congregation, uh, it can soon become tradition and people find it to either be uh, just an elective purpose or something that they grow tired of. So um, I want to make sure that especially during this season, we're being led by the Lord and that we're doing things that are prophetically expedient. And so since I didn't have a specific thing tonight, I wasn't going to say everybody come. Now, you can come. Our congregation can come and pray whenever they want to come and pray. We have an electronic access system. All of our congregational members have um, uh, a pass key for that. And so we do have people coming to pray. In fact, there are people praying in the sanctuary right now. I'm I'm very thankful for that. And um, so it's not like we're saying don't pray. But as far as a congregational pursuit tonight, there is nothing schedule so it was a long answer but there it is to the business of the day I am so excited about what God is going to be sharing with us from his word and it is um, it is presented for you in the outline that should be accessible to all of you if you've not pulled that up I would suggest that you do that and we're going to talk about breaking through or breakthrough and I was not anticipating this topic today in fact I had a a totally different agenda that was really an, an exciting prospect and I believe that, you know, anytime you commune with the Lord and you study, it should be an exciting prospect. And I thought that's what the Lord wanted us to share tonight. But early this morning, he led me to this study. And I really believe that this is a rhema for us. Now, it is a study. Now, you know, in the old days, Wednesday night was prayer and Bible study. Um, the sad part for so much of the church is that it doesn't really want to study. It just wants to be reminded of promises. And for too much of the church, Bible study has to do with either uh, how am I going to get what God want, what what I want God to give me, or how can I tell the people that I don't agree with that they're going to hell? That's just the way it is. That'll that'll get people wound up. But what we need to have is the Spirit continuing to guide us into 
the things that in our journey with God he wants us to understand so today we're talking about breakthrough and there there are two words that we need to discover uh, the first one is kind of well known it's um, Pasha which is where Pesha or Passover comes from and the other is going to be our signature topic Abar it is also extended into Abarim but um, those two words really speak about passing over they speak about breaking through now in Exodus 12 verse 23 both of these words are used and it's it's rare that both of these words are used in the same scripture but because of where this Exodus 12 passage is and what it signifies for the Jewish people and for all of us who um, are in the Judeo-Christian ethic um, it's significant to see the contrast of these words so Exodus 12:23 says for Yahweh will pass through Abar to smite the Egyptians and when he sees the blood upon the lintel of your place and on the two side posts Yahweh will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you so Pasha which is the word used here means to skip over or to pass over something and that's the premise of what Passover is it's that God in the midst of his judgment passes the judgment over concerning you so you are not going to be destroyed by whatever God is doing in conjunction with those who were not partnering with him and who were part of a wicked system in fact you know the old song when I see the blood I will pass over thee and you know Passover extended into um, our table of the Lord celebration and you know one of the feasts of Israel that demands one of the three that demands that they come together is Passover but really Passover in that respect speaks about you having already been partnering with God and you're not going to be susceptible or you're not going to be impacted in a negative way by God's judgments and visitations that will be affected upon the earth or the evildoers or the enemy in his camp and that's a wonderful promise but I've noticed that God's people in general want to talk about Passover in that respect but they don't really want to do anything in regard to passing over into the new they want to be preserved they want to be um, those that are redeemed from the judgments of God but when you talk about going into anything new, Abara, they don't have anything. They don't want to have anything to do with that, and that's a shame, because the 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 Pesha, the 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 Passover, should be an entry point into a partnership where you're continuing to break through in God. Do you see that distinguishing? <clears throat> and here was God breaking through upon the enemy while he was preserving his people in the Pesh, the Pesha. And that same principle happens today. I mean, God preserves us. God protects us through covenant with him, through, through the blood of Jesus, through our willingness to say, yes, I am on the Lord's side, and I really mean that. But the problem is that God doesn't just provide that for you out of love for that to be your continuing abode you know you don't just dwell in God so that you miss out on his visitations of warfare and judgment and that's primarily what 
we view Passover as. Uh, honestly, you know, we come to communion. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. So I am, uh, I am saved from my sin, and um, your blood is upon me. So all these wicked people that are going to soon face your wrath, I'm preserved from. Isn't that what usually we think? And, and, it, and it extends, you know, if you're not right with God, you're, you're going to be fried with the rest of them. So you better get right with God. In fact, if you come to this table and you're not right with God, you could be fried right then. I mean, that's the mindset. And it's so disjointed. And it's so, it's so bereft of what God really wants. So Passover is the appreciation of, of what God has done for you in saving you and preserving you, but saved and preserved for what? For you to partner with God in going forward. And we're going to look at two verses where Pasha is used. As I said, our primary focus is on actually breaking through, and we're going to be looking at Abar or Abarim. The first we want to look at regarding Pasha is 1 Kings 18, verse 21. Here's Elijah. He's up on the mountain facing off with the demonic prophets of Baal and Ashtaroth that basically were what Ahab and Jezebel embraced for the people of God. You know, if you, I think any idiot would know that if you marry a woman who is first of all not in favor of what you are to be before Jehovah Elohim and her name means a virgin dedicated to Baal you pretty much should know what you're getting into <laughs> you pretty much should know uh, so Ahab marries this woman she becomes the dominating force of evil in the land and Elijah is facing off with her 850 minions demonized prophets so Elijah comes up and this famous line Elijah came unto all the people and said how long halt you between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow him, but if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. This word, how long halt, is pasha. How long are you just going to be preserved and skip over something without committing? That's what he's saying to them. How long are you just going to abide in the Passover? without making a commitment to do what God wants. Because if you don't break through, you'll be broken through upon. And that's why the people didn't answer him a word. They were just doing what they had been doing. And all it takes, the famous line for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And for the people of God, it's not enough that we have the Passover of the blood upon us. Yes, that's wonderful. But if we just dwell in that land pretty soon, we're going to be overcome. If we don't break through in partnership with God, we will become subservient. That's just a truism. So how long halt you? Elijah used that term very carefully and very in an anointed way, saying, you've been existing as a people that God passed over and preserved and brought you into this land, but you've let the enemy dominate you. And for the people to answer not a word, it wasn't because they didn't know what he was saying. It was just indicative of the fact that they were laissez-faire. Whatever will happen will happen. Come see, come saw. And they weren't willing to partner with God, and hence the enemy dominated them very interesting um, Isaiah 31 5 is a great verse as birds flying so will the Lord of hosts defend his people who are committed to peace 
defending also he will deliver and passing over he will preserve it that's what Isaiah was saying about what the people would enjoy if they were really doing what they're supposed to do but to just dwell in that promise without fulfilling why God brought you to that place will bring you to a point of being dominated by the enemy so to pass over is a privilege in the Passover of being delivered and being a uh, a people who are um, in a covenant relationship with God but then you have to act upon that covenant and the first issuance of these two words together was at a time where God was about to break through what he was breaking through upon the world system upon the firstborn of the enemy and he was saying to his people while I'm doing this I'm covering you uh, but you're going to have to step forward now and you're going to have to see uh, a partnership with me that leads you from glory to glory. Does that make sense? So, Passover, in the general sense, is a condition of beginnings. It's a condition of honor. But just like in the, the table of communion, you come to rejoice that you have that covenant with God, but the entirety of the table of communion is a table of grace or breakthrough into the new. And what you receive from God is, is uh, instruction and empowering to go forward in grace. In fact, when the Apostle Paul wrote about it, the the thing that he said was which was a, a condemning was the fact that the people were not breaking through in fact many of them were weak and sickly and and they were they were comatose <laughs> they weren't moving forward they were inactive so the table of grace yes it's a table that is there because god has preserved us but the vitality and the meaning of it is that you should be looking forward to breakthrough. So you've got to have both of them together. And sadly, most of the church, most of the general church, just comes together to talk about how they were set free. But you don't want to, we don't want to be talking about sacrificing to go forward into anything new. Bless God, I just want to talk about when he set me free. When the Passover came upon me, let's just keep telling the old, old story. Tell it to me. Tell it, Luther. Tell me the old, old story. You know, we'd sing that. Well, thank God for the, that story. But if that's all you're doing, you're going to become a white sepulcher where nothing of God happens. And usually... There's a focus on revival, which just kind of puts the shock paddles on to say, hey, you're really born again. You better get right with God. And then you have another one in another year. You're not doing anything to, to break through into the new. It's sad, really, isn't it? It, re it really is. And um, so the breakthrough of Abar which is really what God's speaking to us as saints about in going into the new in this season. It's a season of breakthrough. How many times has God said that? Uh, this is what we're going to look at are some really astute lessons and warnings for what we're going to encounter in God as we go through with him. And we're going to understand some passages through this lens that perhaps we've not really understood. And that's always exciting to me. It's exciting to the Spirit because 
when you know it's kind of like a teacher when a student finally gets it or because they finally understand and then they go forth into the new that that understanding should provide it nothing is more frustrating for a teacher than to have students who just I don't want to say they don't get it. They won't get it. And but when they finally do, it's it's fulfilling. And so when the spirit of the Lord has wonderful things written in the scripture and people come up to it and they don't understand it or they won't understand it and those scriptures just lay there fallow it's it is it is a triumph when god can finally say this is what i mean do you get it now and it's it's a triumph it's it's a glory so abar let's look through these this is breakthrough into the new it's not just being passed over but it's passing over. The first usage of this is in Genesis 8.1. And the law of first issuance is always wonderful. We're in the days of Noah. It's what Jesus prophesied. The end time would be as it was in the days of Noah. That entails a lot of things, but here is one of them that we don't often think of. You know, we talk about the wickedness and the enemy arising and people partnering with demons and there's a judgment and the ark is that you've labored for is going to preserve you Um, we talk about that those are good but look at this god remembered noah and everything and all the cattle that was with him in the ark and god made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged God's wind brought a new land, a breakthrough to where they could emerge into something that God ordained that was different from where they'd been. The first usage of breakthrough is in the new land that God has opened up. You know, just as it was in Genesis 1, you know, when waters covered the earth and darkness was upon the waters and the Spirit of God brooded, God wanted to open up the land and to begin a new thing. And in His timing, He did it. Here is Noah, when the wind blew and land emerged and they were able to disembark or disembark (laughs) and they were able to go into the land of the new now you know the story of the raven and the dove and uh, we've been we've been having prophetic words about this we've been having God speaking to his sons which is what the dove represents there's something new there's breakthrough coming and you need to begin to align yourself with that mindset and um, here you have God's wind blowing upon those waters and signifying a, a, a new land God is going to take us into new places he, he's, he's wanting us to do that and so it will be Let's look at Genesis 12. Abraham and the walk of faith. Verse 9. Abraham passed through Abar, the land, under the place of Sichem, under the plain of Moreh. The Canaanite was then in the land, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him, and he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and high on the east. And there he builded 
an altar unto the Lord, and called unto the name of the Lord, and Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Abram, the father of all who walk in faith, passed through the land. Abar. The walk of faith is a walk of breakthrough. It's not just a walk of survival. It's not just a walk of calling those things that be not as though they are so you can get whatever you darn well please from God. It's breakthrough into the new in partnering with God. That, you know, and so much of faith, people are trying to use their quote unquote faith to embellish the place where they are to make their life better where they are you know I've got this car where I am I'm going to use my faith to get a better car where I am I've got this house where I am and I'm going to use my faith bless God to get a better house where I am isn't that true but faith was intended for breakthrough into the new Abram didn't really have much time to declare, bless God, a a bigger house for himself. He was too busy moving forward from one place to another. That's the walk of faith. Most of what Christians want to do in the walk of faith is to just walk out and stake an expansion of the borders of the place where you've been at for forever. But faith is a, a bar. It's breaking forth. Now, there's a rather unusual passage of Scripture. It's kind of spooky. And we read about it, and we we need a a ghost and Mr. Chicken organ playing in the background. Genesis 15, 17, when Abram went out by himself, and he had the sacrifice, and he hewed it in pieces and put put it... uh, apart from one another and he was shooing the birds away remember that such a it's kind of a morbid scene <clears throat> but it didn't mean that god was a uh, a sadist it didn't mean that he liked gory things in in genesis 15:17 it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark behold a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between a bar, those pieces. What does that mean? Well, it's very similar to the Valley of Dry Bones. You know, the reason Abram was passing through and the reason we break through is to bring um, a continuity to what God ordained from the beginning. This sacrifice was split apart and the burning, the smoking furnace, which speaks about judgment and burning, it speaks about that process of how God's ways finally culminate into the mishpat and the bahar, that, that the establishment of what he intended and the function of it. That's the smoking furnace. And the burning lamp is the guidance of the spirit in between those pieces, the abar connecting those pieces. So we commit ourselves to the ways of God. We commit ourselves to what he wants to do. And then God prophetically guides us into the connectivity between those pieces that he's ordained to connect. Them bones and bones and dry bones now hear the word of the Lord. Hip bones connected to the thigh bone. You know, that old spiritual that people get glad and happy about. It's kind of a goofy song. But, you know, we're connecting the body of Christ. We're connecting diversities of tongues, connects those things that have been separated. Does this make sense? So this really this really uh, seemingly morbid scene where Abram's doing these really bizarre things is really a a sign of what faith should be doing. You partner with 
the ways of God as sons, that God's ways would be done and that judgment and burning, the application of his mishpat and the function of his ways would be known and the way God guides you into the abar that connects those things prophetically is your willingness to break through to bring a further understanding of what God's ways are and what his original intent was for this creation. Now, largely the saints are reaching out to the body of Christ that saints who have been dormant will rise and partner and be intercessors. That is a, to me, that is the major thing that's on the heart of God, which is why we do what we do, which is why we all invested in enhanced equipment to continue to reach out to those saints that are dispersed throughout the world to bring connectivity to the body of Christ. Can these bones live? Yes. Abar connects them. Prophetically, we glean which parts do we go to next. And we go there, and it's piece by piece. Does that make sense? So this rather... I'm glad God didn't ask me to hew an animal in pieces and then scatter it around and then make me keep the buzzards and the birds from coming to get it. I'm glad that wasn't something we had to do out on the back lot. Boy, wouldn't the neighbors have loved that. They would have had 15 different city zoning crews out to, to come against us. But to me... Abram is passing through and then when he demonstrated that he was willing to do that three chapters later God does this unusual prophetic thing why wasn't that done first because here's a here's something that you need to learn and we're going to see this further on in this study God wants to see whether you're willing to draw nigh to him before he draws nigh to you. He wants to see if you're willing to put your actions to where your mouth is and whether you will uh, seek him with your whole heart, the whole mechanism of what you have desired to be and to do before he then says, okay, here's what I want from you and here's what we're going to do. Do you see that? See, Christians in the Passover mentality just think that everything is free and easy and it's all done. I'm telling you, folks, he's sitting up there at the right hand. He's sitting because all his work is done. No. His sacrifice is complete, but the reason he gave himself is not complete. Do you realize that? And it's not because he's waiting for the trumpet to blow. He's wanting his people to, to, to proclaim the kingdom through the ends of the earth and then shall the end come well let's keep going let's look at some spiritual warfare and we'll come we'll, we're going to talk about um, maybe answer a couple of other questions you may have about confusing passages here and we're not going to spend too much time on this but it's something you need to note when you break through into the land you're going to have opposition because the enemy is there and he doesn't want you there we're not afraid of it but you need to be aware of it so Deuteronomy 18 verses 10 and 11 Moses is talking to the people about when they go into the land don't partner with the demonic. Deuteronomy 18, 10, and 11. There shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or daughter to abar the fire, 
or that uses divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer. And it also goes on to talk about a few more perverted partnerships with the demonic. Passing through the fire was a to a bar through the fire was really a a horrific thing. The Valley of Hinnom indicated that in Jerusalem, but it was an horrific thing that was really a devotion to Leviathan. Now there were other names of beings. Hinnom was one of them, and and other names of beings there. But it's all under the classification of Leviathan, whom we know tries to guard over the borders of the kingdom of the enemy. So when you a bar and you break through into the new, you're going to break through lines that Leviathan in the enemy kingdom has established. And so what these perverts were doing in the land was they were they were committing their children to the fire and a, a perversion of judgment and burning and submitting them to beings that were all serving the intent of Leviathan. And God said, first of all, your sons and daughters are supposed to be breaking through. Don't allow yourselves to be deceived if you settle into the land and you're not driving out the ites and you're not tearing down the high places, pretty soon those beings that control the borders that you're supposed to be breaking through and will control you and they'll demand your sons to a bar through their fire. Jerusalem that was supposed to have been a place that tabernacles were sent out from, from the temple to break through into the nations of the earth for the kingdom's sake it soon devolved into a collection of demons and just in the shadows of the temple the children of the people of God were being consumed in these fires but it was about a bar now as I've been studying about through academia and seeing this all truth is God's truth malarkey and you know all of these things that are listed after the passing through the fire divination astrology witches charmers familiar spirits there are christians who are buying into the idea that these are all pathways to god all of these truths that these demons are sharing are pathways to the cosmic God. Do you see that? You know, I hate to think of this, but what would probably come next, and it's probably happening in rituals, even though I don't want to get off into conspiracies, where children are being offered in fire. Because this is this is demonism 101. And progressive Christians too often make it sound like you're being woke and welcoming all of God's people so that they don't have shame but the essence of it is right here and there's a judgment coming and it's at that point that we need to be breaking through and we need to believe for the other Passover that where God promises it's going to pass over us but we need to be a barring into the new land and we need to recognize that Leviathan adapts this word and this term as a mockery to the spirit of judgment and burning. The entirety of what happened in Genesis 15, which we just looked at, is being mocked and in some ways trying to be appropriated by the enemy. And Moses is saying, you better know when you go into this land that these things are there. In fact, I I was reading one book that I could only take in bits and pieces. And the only reason I'm reading it is because I need to understand the wiles of the enemy because we're, we can't fall 
to the deception of him. But one of the things that the progressive academia says is that because the West has followed these scriptures and over the generations put out witches and gotten rid of them, because of that, the West has fallen behind in the pursuit of the spiritual. Very interesting. I won't go any further, but that's what's believed. So really today, we need to pursue all of God's truth in the cosmic Christ, and it'll help us to be better, you know. Why does he not want you to touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because if he does, he know, if you do, he knows that your eyes will be open and you'll be like him. Same same deception. Look at Zechariah 13, verse 2. This is the final usage of a bar in the scripture. We looked at the first one, Abram, here's the last one. It shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land, all those ones that are God's truth, and they shall no more be remembered. And also I will cause the prophets and the hindering unclean spirits to abar out of the land. Boy, the end, the end goal is to break through into the new that God's given and to drive out the things that would try to pervert you from knowing the fullness of what God wants. I just think it's it's truly interesting. Let's see. We have 20 minutes left. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Lessons in communing with God. Genesis 18, verses 3 through 5. My Lord, if now this is Abraham talking in the plains of Moreh, right before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. I think that's a very interesting um, context. If I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, a bar, I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, rest yourselves under the tree. I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort you, your hearts. After that you shall, a bar. For therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. This is an abiding scripture. When God begins to come, you want to make sure that you've communed with him. You don't want just the action. For all of the people who say, well, you know, I'm more of a warrior. I'm not really a lover. You know, I want to I wanna see the Sodom and Gomorrah fried. And uh, just get after it, God. Can I come with you? Abram says, let's talk about this. All those peradventures. If you find 50. And he's going on. But, but he's saying, before you abar from me in this pathway, let's commune together. Let me bring some food. Let's fellowship. Let me minister unto you. And this is the essence of any preparation for a bar. Before you engage in this, let us commune together. That's such a wonderful thing for this one who, just three chapters earlier, was seeing the smoking furnace and the, uh, the burning lamp interesting now let's go on to Samuel um, when he is going to anoint Saul for kingship <clears throat> let others pass on 1 Samuel 9 verse 17 through 10 1 as they were going down to the end of the city Samuel said to Saul bid thy servant to a bar before us and he passed on but stand thou still a while that I may show you the word of the Lord. Let me demonstrate to you what God is saying. Samuel took a vial of oil, poured it upon his head, kissed him and said, Is it not because Yahweh has anointed you to be captain over his inheritance? How wonderful is that? 
We'll talk more about Saul in a few minutes in, in conjunction with a bar. But let's talk about waiting in the gap in the pass by. Exodus 33, verse 22. Here's Moses saying, Show me your glory. Let me see your glory. And every time I hear one of these songs saying, Show me your glory, I think, Did you not read what God said? God says, You can't, I'm not going to show you my glory. What did he say? While my glory abars, I will put you in a cliff to the rock and cover you with my hand while I abar. And I will take away my hand and you'll see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. What is he saying? Lots of things. We've talked about this in the past. For, for Moses to be hidden in the cliff, to be in that gap, abiding under the hand that is amazing terminology but my glory is intended to a bar it's not just for goosebumps and sweet thoughts while you're in the gap partnering with my hand my glory is going to a bar and i'm not going to counsel with you about it you just need to follow me because when my glory a bars you'll see you'll be able to follow me but you're not you're not going to understand all of it from the beginning that's that's um, that's what the walk of faith is all about so just notice this the glory the privilege of partnering with God in his purpose whether you represent it or not is all about a bar and you need to be faithful in your gap partnering with the hand of the Lord but the abar is 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 what the glory is all about it's when God gives you the privilege of partnering in his purpose and the glory comes so that you can represent something that he's not done before and you are standing faithfully in the gap where he's called you to stand and you're partnering with his hand, remember that the glory is about breaking through into the new. I love that. And now, page three. The new land and the cost of disobedience. God says no to Moses. Deuteronomy 3, 26-29. But Yahweh was wroth. Yahweh was a bar with me on account of you and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. Get thee up unto the top of Pisgah. Lift up your eyes westward, northward, southward, and eastward. And behold it with your eyes. For you will not a bar this Jordan and but charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him for he shall abar before this people and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see so we abode in the valley over against Beth Peor this is interesting all this abar talk it's just very interesting now why was God angry with Moses because he smote the rock now, of course, the obvious answer is Moses didn't obey. God told him the second time at this rock, you need to speak and prophesy to the rock. Don't whack it with the rod. So why did God treat Moses so harshly? And he says, Moses says to the people, God abarred, he, he broke through past me. And he said, don't talk to me about this anymore. Well, let's look at Isaiah 30, verse 31. For through the voice of Yahweh shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with a rod. In every place where the grounded, that's a foundation, purpose-laden staff shall pass, ma-abar. It's used 
primarily this word this derivation of a bar is used primarily to describe the fords of a river or a place where you could go across a river which the Lord shall nuach upon him it shall be with tabrets and harps and in battles of shaking of the hands akin to a wave offering and he fight with it this is why Moses could not pass over in a bar what God was saying is when I am ready to really vanquish in this case the Assyrians in the case for Moses it was all the ites that were in the land um, it's when God is ready to really vanquish uh, it's it's going to be an establishment of the rod it's going to your rod in that place is going to be a, an indication of a foundation and a purpose laden statement of authority and um, that will be the basis upon which you cross over into victory but the way God is going to bring that victory is through first of all the nuach you've given your first fruits already now the nuach is going to be upon you it's going to cause your enemy to shake and maybe even the nuach is the proclamation of that because nuach is a, de a, a declension of the breath of God and you will win the victory in that land with tabrets and harps and in battles of shaking this is always of the hands it's akin to the wave offering but it's you lifting the hand or waving the banner or lifting up the victory sacrifice um, and that's how God is going to bring the victory there will be a time first like with Moses where that rod has to be a smiting where you're insisting upon what God has said and and you are you are really demonstrating that you're willing to to break through and but then when God says it's time now for dominion it's time for you to enter in what you've warred to come to this point about that rod will be a signature of foundation and purpose and that is a grounded staff and then there will be a ma'abar crossing over into the new we're at that point right now and part of that is the nuach upon us it will be with tabrets and harps it will be in the ministry of what your hands in partnership with God in sacrifice to him uh, are, are showing and God is going to fight on your behalf see this is where we are in the breakthrough this is why Moses could not pass over because of this principle Moses had initially shown his first fruits offering he had been faithful he had been at the right hand in all of the house of God he was God's friend he had to use that rod in warfare but then when it came to the point of dominion and God says don't you smite the rock you take that rod with you but I want you to prophesy that was dominion in the abar and the breakthrough Do you see that so we're not doing things like we've always done them we in the breakthrough have passed into a point of promotion that's all new we're not doing the things that we normally have done we're trying our very best to hear prophetically from God not to dream things up but to hear prophetically from God about what he requires we are firmly standing in the rod that has been established that indicates his purpose and his foundation which has been laden before us does that make sense? So the Abar comes based upon what God has established. The initial Abar was that type of warfare that established you. Now you're into a dominion territory and that's what 
characterizes this particular breakthrough that we're knowing. It's really amazing, isn't it? Let's look at um, fear. Numbers 13, when the spies initially went into the land, they brought an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land which we have abarred to search it, it's a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. All that grasshopper talk. This was the initial view of the land. It was the initial spy abar. It was a fearful word, and God was not happy. Caleb and Joshua were the only ones who said, we can do it. And and then, you know, this opportunity, I, I don't I don't really know what God would have done if the people had said as as one, like Joshua and Caleb, let's go. Come on, let's go in. I don't know what how God would have done things. I wonder where we would have been here at our church if the people had in as one said let's do this but only a small remnant said let's do it and they abode and then as you know Joshua and Caleb give me this mountain are the ones that pass in the remnant are the ones that are going to go in and I don't know what would have happened had they wouldn't have had to wander that generation would not have passed away but that's a question for another day and maybe it indicates something about the the abar that God had to prove you know I want you to break through if you fall on the rock and you humble yourself I can use you but if you rebel it just shows that you need to be purified you need to learn and you got a lot of wandering ahead of you as you do that look at Joshua 1 when he was entering in finally Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise abar this Jordan thou and all this people unto the land which I do give them even to the children of Israel it was all about the abar let's talk some let's have some mantle talk we're on page four can we do it in three minutes just a warning this game's going into overtime the mantle rent first samuel 15 24 through 28 and saul said unto samuel i have sinned for i have abarred the commandment of the lord your and your words because i feared the people and obeyed their voice now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return unto you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord hath rejected you from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, Saul laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord has rent the kingdom of Israel from thee to day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is Tob more devoted to the purpose of God than you Saul admitted I have broken through I have abarred the commandment of the Lord in your words and there there were instances in the scripture and other instances where people abarred the commandment of God they they went beyond or they did totally differently than what God commanded. And there's a connection between a bar faithfully serving the tobe of God and the mantle. Let's look at Elisha in 2 Kings 2, 8 and in verse 14. Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that they went a bar on gry dry ground one of the one of the things of Elijah's mantle was this business of being able to smite the waters and having a way across 
Then when the double portion of the Spirit came upon Elisha and the mantle of Elijah fell upon Elisha, verse 14, Elisha took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, smote the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha abarred. For these guys, the mantle really um, was indicative of their calling, and it was for the purpose of a bar. Uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I'm not trying to confuse anybody. But if we're going to have Elisha's and we're going to minister as Elijah, we need to know that a part of our mantle is for the purposes of representing our calling and breaking forth into the new. The last verse we're looking at, Zechariah 3, verses 3 and 4. Joshua, a different Joshua now, was clothed with filthy garments, stood before the angel, and he answered and spoke unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him, and unto him he said, Behold, I have caused your iniquity to a bar from you, and I will clothe you with the change of raiment. All this business of a bar, what you've done for me, the battle of the war warrior, how you have taken dings and hits according to your iniquity, but yet you kept pressing forward. Those singed and tarnished garments now are remnants of the abar. They're all going. What Isaiah said about every battle of the warrior, royal in blood, and they were offered as a sacrifice. And now you've got a new set of clothes indicating where you're going. But it's all about a bar. A breakthrough into the new. So whether it's the glory of God or whether it's the mantles or whether it's the rod or whether it's the sacrifice where the spirit is connecting through the burning lamp uh, and the and the and the smoking uh, furnace it's all about partnering with God into breakthrough. It's not just about being passed over. Thank God. It's all about the walk of faith that breaks through in the timing of God into the new. Saul gave us a lesson. He thought Samuel was delayed in his coming. And so he abarred on his own what God said to do. And subsequently the mantle was torn from him. We want to fulfill the conditions of our partnership with God, our identity with God, what God's commandments are for us, and that's how breakthrough in these days comes. It will not be as it was at the beginning, no matter how warm and cozy it was. Listen, I remember those days, those times that some of you just look back on glowing glowing uh, with glowing eyes and heart oh it was so wonderful i remember what that was like it was wonderful but from day to day ronnie didn't know whether we were going to make it or not we were being attacked from all sides from within and from without we were being accused of all kinds of heinous things there were all kinds of warfare in battle every day in this place we were warring and battling about something the enemy was not wanting us where we were so for you it may have been warm and cozy for me it was a lot of swing in the rod I don't want to go back to those days necessarily I want to move forward in God it's different but the rod now for us it can still battle but the rod now for us is to establish the kingdom and the purpose and we go forth prophetically based upon what that rod represents does that make sense so it's a new day but that's all indicative with this breakthrough word a bar now an interesting study for you, and I'm ending with this, might be, you know, we talk about Peretz and Peratz. 
Perrette's standing in the gap. Perrott's is breakthrough into the new. You might want to begin to equate Perrott's and a bar. You can't separate Perrett's and Perrott's any more than you can separate uh, what you've done to get to this point from the breakthrough of a bar. But those two are parallel. And so I just, I think for us, I don't want to fail like Moses did. I don't want to fail like Elijah did. I don't want to fail like Saul did. I don't want to miss the mark in the things that God warns Abraham and Abram about. There, there are nuances, tripwires of disobedience that are inherent in the land of breakthrough. I don't want to fail in any of them, and I know you don't either. So this rather deep word is fresh meat on the griddle, and I pray that God will help us in this time of breakthrough to see the fulfillment of the abar, the abarim of the Lord. Thanks for joining today. God bless you. We look forward to what he's doing and what he's leading us into. But let's war a good warfare, fight a good fight, and obediently and wisely be as mature warriors who walk with our God. Don't forget, this coming Saturday is First Saturday. We're going to be praying together. The directive through the Saints Network is going to be sent out very soon. But um, until uh, next time, God bless you all, and goodbye.